<laughs> we back up in this thing. Changing Phases podcast. We got a, a special development for y'all. Now, normally, it's Nikki and I, and Nikki says something crazy in the beginning, and we start going off for about five minutes of an episode. But today, today, in our house today, <laughs> we have the lovely, the wonderful, the super smart, intelligent, beautiful, black queen, mother of the earth. <laughs> Miss Davia, what's going on with you? Hey, what's happening? <laughs> listen, for the invitation. No, nah, listen, the pleasure is ours because we don't usually have guests up in here, but you family, <laughs> you family. So we got to make sure you've been in this seat before. You want, you one of the illustrious guests that returns. <laughs> so um, just so you know, Nikki had to take a, you know, she a superstar and all, so you know they get usually one day to step away from the host and stuff to kind of handle their handle. Um, but first off, you know because you know we don't usually have you in the crib. <laughs> I mean, so far I know you've been watching Insecure, you've been keeping up with everything. Like, what are your, what are your thoughts so far up until this point? Before we get into the new episode, like, what uh, like what do you like? What you love? Like, how you feel? Just let it all out. I think. I've avoided watching it, so I have not been watching it every week. I actually binged it today. Okay. But I've okay. avoided watching it because I wasn't ready. I'm like, I don't know what's about to happen. I ain't ready to jump in here. Uh, <laughs> you know, I usually err on the side of reality TV shows because those are my cartoons. I'm like, this ish ain't real. Okay. I ain't got to worry about that. But I think I relate so much to so much of the content on Insecure that I'm like, I don't know if I'm ready to walk down this path right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Not, I don't blame you. Some days I'm more like, I totally understand what the heck Molly going through. I get her frame of mind. Other days I'm like, what the hell? What's he got going on? <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, but that's what I love about the show. The characters are not one note. Mm-hmm. And so no. there's so much from different people's narratives that I can connect with, whether it's an experience that I've actually walked through, something I can relate to that I haven't walked through, or, you know, somebody remind me of somebody else. But nonetheless, uh, what do I enjoy about it? The brilliance. It is just black brilliance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's beautiful. I absolutely spectacularly love the show. The visuals, the content, Issa's dry humor, the way her jokes don't land. It's just spectacular. But getting into this week's episode, bro, I'm going to need a moment. Nah, it's all good. I um, I'll be forgetting that you know, they like obviously they released all the titles of the episode. So I'd be trying to predict what's going to happen based off of the title. Uh-uh. And it never works out in my favor. But um, I did see the previews before this episode. So I had an idea, obviously, Molly and her mm-hmm. family and everything, mm-hmm. that whole situation. I knew that was coming. But then everything else that took place... There was a, a whirlwind of tings, <laughs> tings that aguan <laughs> during this episode that I was like, oh, like, well, we're going to dive into it. We're going to dive into it. But coming into this episode, I was like, okay, you know, Nathan back. I mean, Nathan Nation is here, I guess, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm not, I'm not someone that subscribes to the Nathan Nation. Um, Lawrence Hyde to the death of me. As- <laughs> As our subscribers and listeners know, 
Lisa. I will her- I will herald and defend them against the world. He's fine. Uh, <laughs> I'm listening. I'm just processing. <laughs> Look, this is how it is. It's kind of crazy because prior to the third episode, when obviously Lawrence and Condola had their stuff going on, Nikki was anti Lawrence High too. But then she came away from the episode defending him more than I was. I was like, Lauren's kind of wrong, and she was coming out like, nah. I said, oh. So that took me by storm, because I said, damn, I'm over here trying to criticize and, you know, give constructive feedback to my mans, and as a hiver, you know, <laughs> I'm able to, you know, be an honest person, too, That because, you know, we promote honesty around here. So the fact that she was like that, I said, damn, you a part of the hive now, too. So. <laughs> You know, hopefully by the end of the season, we're going to change you, too. We're going to bring you over to the language for me. You refer to yourself as a hiver, and now I'm about to change your name on my phone. (laughs) (laughs) Put put the hive and the bee next to it. This is where we are. This is where we are. (laughs) But let's dive into this episode. So, obviously, you know, we do. We saw the previews with Molly, what was going to happen, but, like, Initial reaction, like, I just need, like, one word, just reactions. Like, just throw them all out there from the, just after you was watching it, while you was watching it, when it ended, all your thoughts. Just spin them all out. <laughs> Heavy. Annoyed. Um, a little anxious. Because family stuff is always mm. family-centered matriarchal going down who's going to be the next person to rise up and keep everybody else in order like Mm. all of that is relatable and so to watch things like that on screen I always have to process my way through it because I am the oldest Mm. you know what I mean and even in situations where I'm not, Nikki would joke about how, like, Dobby's been an adult since she was four. Like, no, seriously, I have. Like, I've been raising children since I was a child. So I always feel the obligation of being the person to know what's going on. What are the doctor's names? How many physicians came in here? Like, I'm the one keeping the Rolodex mm. and making sure, like, A plus B is equal in C, while everybody else is able to go through the emotion of the moment. I have to be detached a little bit so that I can process my emotions later because somebody has to be present and I feel that I felt Molly in that moment because I'm usually that person that has to be present so (laughs) that's what left me heavy Issa left me both annoyed and grateful Mm -hmm. because I felt that there were moments where I'm like yo she ain't moving with enough enough vigor in her step for me. Right. And then there were times where it was like, even with her taking her time, she was always right on time. Mm. And so those were my initial takeaways. Okay. Now, before before we move forward, I, I'm, I'm a terrible hostess. Um, I need you to just drop your credentials real quick because, you know, like I mentioned before, we only have illustrious uh, decorated guests in the, in the room. And we talking to a doctor, feel me? So like, <laughs> I failed to to put her. I you know I said you know I, I said what I said, but I didn't give the full credential. And I know for some folks that are new to the the pod and listening, 
you know, obviously your relationship with Nikki and you guys go way back, like back since '88 and change. <laughs> so let me, let me have you just drop your credentials real quick so folks know who you are. Before like, I told you I've been to your house before. I know where the cups are. I can get my own ice. <laughs> but uh, oh, of course. For, the new, for the new new listeners, uh, I am Dr. Dabia Crutchfield. Um, mm-hmm. Say it so again. Far. Say <laughs> it again. Dr. Dabia Crutchfield. It flows so nicely. <laughs> Earned PhD. Earned PhD uh, in communication, culture, and media studies. So I find myself now, fancy myself as a bit of a storyteller. My medium changes, whether it's um, you know, doing a workshop, some type of like self-portrait, what have you. I changed my medium, but at the crux of it all, even in the space of my um, academic research, I'm a storyteller. I tell stories about oftentimes people in the marginalized spaces, people who have been etched out of other historical and cultural spaces, and um, highlight their contributions and the ways in which we connect to the contributions that they make. So, uh, my latest project, if anybody has seen on my Instagram account, has been on my great uncle. He was a ballet dancer, jazz ballet dancer, who essentially took Copenhagen by storm. Um, and so okay. he is now the the uh, center person of my passion project. And um, that, too, is going to unfold into something really beautiful very, very soon. Okay. Y'all heard it first. Go check that out. See how life becoming full circle? You out here going to school saying something, and now you're even deep in diver into family history. That's crazy. Yeah, man. That's real crazy. But I appreciate you being here, taking the time out, filling in for Nikki. It's my pleasure. Um, Thanks for the invitation. No, of course, for sure. Um, but something you said earlier about um, just being annoyed and obviously – timing and things kind of register with me as far as this episode because to your point nothing felt forced and typically you know they talked about not wanting to rush things that was like the first thing that happened episode you know Issa she always like I get secondhand embarrassment when I watch her because she just be so awkward and I'd be like hey yo like (laughs) <laughs> but I know people like that in real life. So it's just like, I, I feel like it's... Hi, it's... people. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. <laughs> so like when I see her, I'm like, yo, like this is genuine, but it's also like, that's just her and how it's going to be. Right. And as someone that, you know, always tries to say the right thing and make sure I don't offend folks, she's someone that I feel like she says stuff. She'll say it first and then like try to re- like come back and be like, oh, damn, like, I don't know if I should have said that. Um, but to that point, right, the timing of everything, like, even though she's like, oh, I want to force things, we want to take our time, blah, blah, blah. Nathan was just kind of open and was like, I'm here for you, whatever you need. Like, I got you, blah, blah, blah. And even when, like, she let certain things slip out, when she was on the phone with with her mom and then he kind of just held it down. That reminds, it's funny because one of the things I mentioned um, to Nikki before is that I felt like, or she might have mentioned it to me, I'm not going to take credit for it, because she'll probably hear this and be like, yeah, I said that. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> um, well, she wouldn't use the N-word because she don't curse, but she would <laughs> she would, she would, she would, have called me out for it, um, is that Molly and Issa feel like they switch roles. Mm. Like, the way Molly was, and not in like the, the bad way, but like Molly was more like, needy in some senses and she um 
I guess the the best way to put it is like she was always like looking to Issa for like certain encouragement or advice or things mm-hmm. like that. And now I feel like Issa kind of is is that person where she's like going through her emotional kind of roller coaster and figuring things out for herself. So I feel like she's kind of leaning on on Molly for certain stuff. But I just think it's interesting because you remember the episode with Jadena and mm-hmm. when she went out, when he went out with Molly and he like like acted like he was her boyfriend and mm-hmm. then he's like it felt like you needed to win it kind of like played back in my mind this time where he said it but he you know actually like meant that like it wasn't just you know obviously he wanted to not make it awkward for her but like in some ways it felt genuine like yeah i'm your man that's yeah. where i'm at yeah so i just think it's interesting i don't know if they did it on purpose but like in my mind i feel like prentice and the in the gang all had this tele telegraph forward and mm-hmm. already planned it out that way. So I thought that was interesting. And I just think, <sighs> I don't know. I don't know about Nathan. He's doing all the right things. He's saying all the right things, but I, I really don't trust him because he is flaky, but who knows? Who knows yeah, right now? She's happy. You said what? Everybody kind of flaky though. Yeah, but Nathan like historically flaky. Oh no, he's like, a different type of flaky. He's frosted <laughs> flake. The flake is he's <laughs> he, he big flake. Very, very much, very much so. He Bishop Flake, <laughs> Reverend Floyd Flake, <laughs> Reverend Dr. Flake. <laughs> okay, <laughs> he is the prototype. Okay, exactly. So, like in my mind, I'm like, I don't know what's gonna happen, but. I was going to actually ask you about, um, you mentioned in your family, you kind of take on the Molly role, uh, how with her family and her mom and gathering everybody and making sure everyone's together. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk about that more. Cause I mean, I felt like for me, this episode was triggering in a little bit of a different way, but mm-hmm. like, tell me for you, like, especially like certain scenes, maybe that stuck out to you that you were like, this just happened to me however many months or years ago or something like along those lines. It was the sudden caught off guard and you go from chilling in your dress, having a real good time to now I'm on fight or flight mode and yeah. literally like in the blink of an eye moment, fight or flight mode. Um, and honestly, it took me back to when my grandfather was in a car accident, which ultimately propelled um, his decline and inevitably he passed away a couple months later. But it was that moment of coming home, life is good, sun is shining bright, and then life-altering moment happens where you have to get up and be on ready. And so you really don't have the time to process it all, like how you feel about everything that's transpiring, the last conversation you had before your world got turned upside down. Mm -hmm. It was more like, let me make sure he's okay, my grandmother's okay. Like you're going through the processes in your mind to make sure everybody has what they need. At the same time, and it's not like to infer this is what was going on with Molly, but the way the way that doctor came in and called the family in, like say your goodbyes and it'd be like, homie, that ain't even our person. Mm. Like I think so much mm. about black people experiences and medical malpractice and the carelessness and callousness when it comes to, mm. you know, the healthcare system and biases within medical professions. 
that I'm just like, are you really doing your, your best? Hence Molly talking about some, okay, now did this happen? Cause I'm looking on WebMD and I'm, I'm finding out about what could possibly potentially, like, I want to make sure you know that I know what could potentially right. happen. Like kind of like proving to the doctors, like I ain't no simp. You ain't about to just, <laughs> you ain't about to just get by with not being active and not being alert and at your best. And I love the fact that the nurse that was talking to her at that moment was a black woman who mm-hmm. was not um, just like a, a phantom figure, but was mm-hmm. really a person to meet her where she was. Right. Like, okay, sis, I'm going to need you to get off WebMD and trust that it's, it, I, I know, you know, and I need you to know I know too. <laughs> and, right. Like, it, it's going to be like, we're going to do our best here with her. Wasn't a fan of the doctors, but that nurse did made, made the change for me. Like, she was essential, and I think it was important to have her in that scene with her at the time, even when Molly was like, can you add me to the list to make sure that somebody right. can call me as well, you know, be a, a primary person for my mom or what have you, because it's important. Like, you see the brothers didn't do it, because they all right. counting change in their pocket trying to process. I ain't tell about her dressing. Like, you know what I mean? It was like, yeah. you're going through the emotion. We got business to handle. Like, you ain't even on the business. Yeah. And even up to and through the the fact that she found out, that they all found out that her mama had a stroke before. Mm. And they were never told about it. We, I was just at the dining room table today talking to my mom, my grandmother, my aunt, just about secrets that are kept within familial spaces. And my mom brought up, like, even when, you know, people are sick and pass away from something, it's like a whisper conversation. Like, oh, you know, they had this and this is what this Mm. person passed away. Like, it's not a familial engaged conversation as to what's taking place with the people we find or we have close to us and dearest to us, nearest and dearest to us. So all of that just resonated. Like the fact that we just had that moment and that conversation at the dining room table today, only to watch this episode and to be like hit with it. Because it's really that prevalent. Yeah. No, and I'm glad you brought that up because I didn't even make that connection as far as like um, the the beginning, the open, well, not the beginning, well, opening scene where the doctor didn't even know what was going mm-hmm. on and how that happened so many times, especially with black women giving birth and mm-hmm. we know like the statistics there. Um, I didn't even make that connection in that way, but that that's a real a real thing now like when you said that now i'm like damn like that does sound crazy because he just assumed <laughs> mm-hmm. like, oh, like oh yeah 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 this is what it is right and a lot of times um i think for me what like to that effect it's two things um i this past year i recently had family that passed away and it was like it happened so fast like mm-hmm. in the sense of it was like oh they they a little sick or you know they getting older mm-hmm. And then, like, rapid decline right after, like, months later. Um, So that's what that reminded me of. So it was a little triggering in that moment. But then the second thing was, to your point about the doctors and how they were, like, talking to the family, Mm -hmm. um, that reminded me when I was just in the hospital in September, when I was, like, in my mind, I first got in the hospital, one of the doctors, like, because I had this thing called rhabdomyolysis, which is essentially your body, like your muscles start to break down and the protein like enters your bloodstream. And then it like literally causes your your urine to have blood in it, all that stuff. It's like, wow. But it's trying to release this protein from your body. But long story short, um, a lot of things can cause it. Typically it's like seen in CrossFit people because they work out like real intense. Mm. But 
it's also seen in folks that do drugs or um, drink a lot of alcohol. Mm. So when I got admitted, they were asking me all these questions like, oh, do you drink? Well, like, you know, do you smoke? Do you, do you take any drugs? Blah, blah, blah. And there was one doctor that like just thought, like repeatedly went to ask me some of the same questions. Like she was like, oh, like when was the last time you had a drink? And I was like, oh, I had, you know, a beer maybe two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And like, how much do you usually drink? And I'm like, you know, not often, maybe on the weekend, like a, a casual drink here or there. Um, and then she's like, oh, like, do you, like, do you, are you a heavy drinker before? And I'm like, mm. man, man, I, I told you, like, I don't, I don't drink heavily. I'm casual, mm-hmm. like, whatever. And, like, just kept hitting me with the same questions and, like, putting them in different phrasing. Mm-hmm. And I just, like, in my mind, I'm like, she looking at me. Is she looking at me because I'm a, a black man and, and I'm in Newark? And she assuming that because I have this, this, like, this sickness that this is what it is or I'm, mm-hmm. I'm on drugs or whatever the case is. And that's not to say, like, I'm sure there's people that go in there and they may have symptoms or similar things. But to me, it was just like, if I told you what it is, that's what right. it is. Right. Like, regardless, you run and test on me, so you're going to see it anyway. Mm-hmm. But for you to continue to ask me, like, you didn't believe what I was telling you, I was like, you, you shouldn't have judged me beforehand. So that was the one thing that was triggering, too, where it was like, the doctors don't have bedside manner anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's typically the nurses because. They're doing like the day to day stuff. They're engaging with the patient. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a little more uh, personability and mm-hmm. some type of conversation and sympathy, and they're mm-hmm. able to, you know, be able to have those conversations on a different level. So, to me, just with the with the nurse, and she was like, you know, clearly knew she need they need their space. She like got out the room, right? Try to reassure them, like. Sometimes these doctors is like, obviously it's their job and it is what it is. And they see a lot of people and I'm sure it's not easy to deliver the news. So they kind of have to be not, I want to say cold for lack of a better term. Mm -hmm. But I also think that's like, I'm like, damn, like we all humans too. Like, right. (laughs) You ain't, you ain't gotta treat this like, you know, it's a, another dollar sign over my head. Like, okay, this person here, not going to make it. It is what it is. Right. yeah, so that was like the the feeling I got. But with that being said, um, obviously Molly's going through her whole thing, but I felt like she was handling it as best as she could. Mm-hmm. And also, what do you think of the scene when her firm called her and she didn't say anything about her fan, like her mom being sick or anything like that? She just kind of said it was a personal reason. To me, I thought that was interesting. That was surprising to me. It was surprising that, not that she didn't tell her assistant, like, A, there was a family emergency, like, what the family emergency was. Because I, I could be very general with speaking with um, a colleague, right? Just, mm-hmm. I'm going to be out of office. You don't need to know why I'm out of office. Just know I'm out of office and I'm not accessible. I was surprised because I thought that she had a tighter rapport with that particular lawyer that yeah. once he called, like, you know, what, are you going to be able to participate in this project? That she would, just wouldn't have told him, like, yo, my mom's in the hospital find somebody else but I think Molly still being Molly it's oh no I'm never gonna slip but I felt like this was a moment where she needed to let work be work so Mm -hmm. she could be totally present with what's going on with her mom like there's no reason you should be working on a project of perhaps that magnitude granted it may be um, a good mental break but I felt like the pressure that's on that particular project was something that she needed to redirect that energy inward you know what i'm saying 
Yeah. Especially since the time constraint was presumably quick. Like, no, yeah. we. I need to know where you at because we got this coming up. Like, I'm not going to have time for you to process. So you need to just go ahead and surrender that off to somebody else who's available. And I think that would have been a prime opportunity for Molly to lean in on her team, on her colleagues, because clearly the way the scenes opened up with her at work, you know, at the, at the, the the office table, the conference room table, and they all vibe in or whatever. I felt like that the connection was there, like whatever recompense she needed to make, whatever resolve she needed to make with her colleagues beforehand, she did that. And they're on, they're on better terms that she had enough grace with them to be like, I got to step away. And nobody will look at her side eye for stepping away. So that was a shock to me. Yeah, I I thought it was it was interesting too because I thought she to your point I thought she would say something, but I think it's part of like to your point the old her in the sense of she never wants anyone to really see mm-hmm. her true her true emotion or mm-hmm. like to your point see her slip, and part of that was like she don't, she doesn't want to lose her opportunity. Like she built this rapport at jobs. She's built like kind of a standard mm-hmm. of her work and people rely on her that she, I think partly is afraid that someone might take her spot. Yeah. And then two, she's afraid of like her world kind of falling down mm-hmm. around her. Like, mm-hmm. you know, she has this idea of like, okay, she was saying to Issa, like, Oh, I didn't even give my mom any kids, like stuff mm-hmm. like that. And that, you know, you should have, they didn't plan their estate yet. And, everything that she thought she could shore up in her world is starting to kind of shift on its own. And I think her way of kind of maintaining and staying in control and getting her mind off mm-hmm. kind of the, what's going on at the moment yeah. is to operate as business as usual. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the things I love about, you know, Issa and Molly's relationship. Like, you know, they had their ups and downs and like all good friendships. You're not always going to be, you know, friendly at every part of your friendship with someone. And I just feel like right now they in such a good, like mature right. space where Issa had her issues first episode and like a couple episodes back, Molly was there for her, giving her mm-hmm. advice, putting her up when she was at the uh, speaking series mm-hmm. and things didn't go necessarily her way, like keeping her motivated, keeping her like confident in herself. And then when Molly, you know, didn't necessarily say that she needed Issa, Issa came right to the hospital, right, gave, right. literally gave the clothes off her back right. <laughs> and and came back and took care of the dog, almost lost the dog, but <laughs> let me tell you took- something, Flay would have got his behind pop, let me tell you something, would have got a stern talking to, excuse me, mister, you feel better than to run out. But that's the crazy thing, dogs do that, That that is so true, because um, my uncle lost his dog once like that, and we thought he was gone. <laughs> Came back to the crib. He chilling. <laughs> so disrespectful. That's how I am with Zoe now. I'll be like, I want to let you out real fast. Like, look, it's it's late. I'm going to need you to run out here and handle your bits. But you get your behind back in this. Don't make me have to come outside. <laughs> get your behind. Nah, but that's like the perfect example. Of like, the dog was like, I'm trying to go back to the crib. Like, I, I want to leave now. He, I want to go home now. Like, I'm trying to leave the party now. And your friends is just not leaving. They're having a good time. Like, we got to leave now? He's like, I'll, I'll just go. <laughs> y- y'all good. Y'all stay. <laughs> I'm at the crib. I got a couple stops to make before we get back. I got things to do. <laughs> but but um, that, that, those are one of the moments where I was just like, y'all doing a real casual walk. 
Like, it's not an emergency taking place. Like, y'all really taking your time? Did you say you was going to get this lady a fresh change of clothes before you... What is this? What is this little daytime date? Listen, love has no time frame, I guess. Didn't even say stuff was going to happen, when it was going to happen, how it was going to happen. But that was something also that took me when Molly was, you know, confessing to her and just going... She was spiraling, okay? She was in her spiral. But like, mama wanted was grandkids, and I haven't done that. What if I don't have no time, and this is that third? And I was like, what makes you think all that responsibility is on you? She has grandchildren because your brother keep reproducing. Yeah. You know what but I mean? You, like, but you know how black folk are. You know how, yeah. how the, the matriarch and everything is built. <laughs> it, my mom barely asked me if I'm having kids. She asked my sister first. <laughs> I mean, she's older, but you, you know how it go. And I get it. I get the biology. I get the so-called ticking clock. I get the, the egg count. I, I mean, I get all of that. But even when, okay, I'm a, I'm a deviate. A couple episodes back when Molly's mom was like, you know, we're going to have to save up for your wedding. And, you know, that's going to take some time. We got this many years. And he's going to have to roll you down the aisle. And it made me think about, like, the pressure about choosing somebody to be married to satisfy the familial timeline, right? Uh, hurry up and get with somebody because I need you to, I, I need you to be all right. I need you to have somebody. You ain't in this world by yourself. Go ahead, get married and go on. But I'm like, Marriage is so much more than the wedding. Mm-hmm. So there's all of this emphasis and pressure to have this moment and to enter into this covenant agreement with somebody that, okay, like once the wedding's over, then what? Okay, y'all go ahead and have your babies, then what? I'm like, but there's lives involved. There are lives to live. It's more than just these significant moments of get married and have a baby. We're two people. Like, that takes time. Right. It takes time to get with someone that you trust that this person is going to be your person and trust that you are answering the call of being that person's person. So I feel like there, if we could just, it would be a real good day if we would just take the pressure off of forcing our children, our cousins, our sisters, our brothers to Mm. hurry up and marry somebody. And he seemed good enough. Look, he, he played an organ. You like music? Like, yeah. I'm sorry. Those, 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 that can't be it. That can't be all. That can't be it. Like, if we could just take those pressures off and let the timing and process, individual mm. timing and process be, I think there would be generations of happier people. Yeah. No, that's real. That's real. And, I, and that's that scene is legendary. I, every time I think about that scene, it cracked me up. Like, Literally to find any reason to to connect, folks. <laughs> he wear shoes. You like shoes? You gotta get no. That's not gonna be it. That's not gonna be the unit of measurement. No, ma'am. That ain't gonna be it. Mm. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I lost my whole. <laughs> I, I was I was refreshing. My mind was re- re- booting <laughs> something. Welcome back. I'm here. I'm here. It's on. Um. Oh yes, that's what I want to say. Oh yes, yeah, so. Obviously, we saw that part of the show kind of transpire. Also, sidebar, speaking of annoyed, I know you mentioned that as one of your, your words for this episode. I was annoyed that this episode was shorter than shorter. <laughs> <laughs> we got, we got, <laughs> I felt, you know, like, you know, when you order a bag of, of McDonald's fries and the, the the little container not full, they ain't, they ain't stuffed them joints. It's supposed it to be looked, fries in the bag. Why don't I have no fries in the bag? <laughs> Like this joint was a little 
Like, I know we got half an hour, and my mind has been trained, okay, half an hour. But this joint ended at, like, 1025, <laughs> and it didn't start at no 10 o'clock. So I'm getting a 22-minute episode. I got the fast food insecure version. Security, we have a problem. Security. <laughs> and then I saw Kerry Washington did it. I ain't get a lip quiver in this joint. I ain't get one. <laughs> I ain't get one lip quiver. Are you kidding me? <laughs> did we? We had no quiverings. No, I mean, I think Issa tried to do a lip quiver, and we could talk about that because that's. You know, to close this on out, the last scene of the whole joint. <laughs> Mama. <laughs> we see uh, our friend Issa walking to get coffee, and she sees Condola, and she sees El Boogie. So, obviously, I seen the previews from, like, way back in 88. So, I knew he was moving. And then, obviously, that was the implication in, like, third episode. Like, he has to move to be mm. more involved, to be not a part-time dad, but to be a full-time dad. <laughs> I really so, want to hear those conversations, by the way. Because <laughs> But no, I'm gonna stay on message. Stay on message. So what we're talking about in this moment, yeah, yes. she sees Condola, she sees the baby, mm, and then mm. she sees Lawrence. And it's like you see her piecing it all together, like mm. that mm. that's a different type of hit. <sighs> Even if you have settled within yourself, this is not gonna work this situation is not going to work out for me to know it and to know it exists in the world is one thing for it to be in your face. Mm. Yeah. You handled that beautifully. <sighs> beautifully. Cause what am I going to do? Stand there and wave? No ma'am, no sir. I'm headed this way. We ain't got it. We ain't got to meet up. I don't want to know why you here. I don't need you to know why I'm here. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go. I feel you, but so I, I mean, she handled it as much as she could in that very moment in time. There was nothing to be said, right? But did you see the preview? No. Okay. I don't like spoiler alerts. So I it's try not, not to do it's it. Not, it's not a spoiler if they showed it. <laughs> it. It messes with my space of anticipation. Okay. So you don't want me to tell you what happened? It's because it's, it's important to this. I promise. Okay. It's not a spoiler. They showed the preview, and it looks like, you know how she crossed over to the other side of the hallway? It looks like she goes back and says something. No! <laughs> Just, about doing that. The walk away was great. She didn't trip. She didn't slide across the floor. <laughs> she ain't bumping to nothing and make no noise. <laughs> The, the, the attendee who couldn't figure out how to move the gurney. He wasn't there. Like, there was no problems. If he wasn't there, she would have made it to the other side without seeing this. That's true. <laughs> but everything happens and it's time for a reason. Because <laughs> it's not. It's true. Did you say that just a few minutes ago? Before she told Molly she wouldn't get the timing. With <laughs> 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 that in a sisterly moment, I can't tell you what it is. Okay. Nah, but I think my thing was, to your point, she probably was going through all the emotions. She was probably thinking about what a kid with Lawrence would look like, how, like how that probably would could have been her. And I don't even know. There's so much to process here. And also that little preview. Who knows if she was thinking it? Because, you know, she'd be having the wild, like... Very much so. Playouts and they not real. Very much so. So 
if she did go back and said something, I'm like, I don't even know what you say. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I don't even know where that starts. But I'm mad interested to see how that plays out next episode because I'm just like, there's so much. Like we had the whole Molly, and like obviously it seems like her mother may be a little paralyzed. You know, whatever the situation is, who knows how long she's gonna be out of the hospital, right. stuff like that. So, but it seems like okay now, like Molly's world is a little shook up, yeah. and then we go from that <laughs> to this. Now Issa world shook up. They both in in some type of disarray. It's Usually when they both in disarray, that's when the things start, you know, happening between them. But I don't know. We're going to see. But with that being said, Nikki and I typically at the end, we usually do kind of like predictions for next episode, predictions for later in the season. But Mm -hmm. based off of what you see, throw throw a prediction out there. Something you think is going to happen. I usually have really like off base wild stuff, but... If you got something you think is gonna happen from this, you go first. I need, I need that. <laughs> All right. So my my thing is, I don't think Issa actually walked back and said anything. I think she was just kind of like visualizing her going to say something. Mm-hmm. But I think she does know. Obviously, Lawrence is back in town, and then there's some like other friend events, and they get together, and it's super awkward. And in some way, this rubs off into her budding relationship with Nathan mm. because she feeling some type of way now that he around and she can't seem to like he's in all her circles and mm. or, like just in her space now she can't really move the same way so I feel like it's going to strain her and Nathan's relationship so I think they're going to break up I hope and project that if Issa and Nathan break up, it's not going to be Lawrence and Duke. It sounds very clean, but I think Nathan's relationship and familial trauma is going to come back into play. Mm. Because the way you know, he kind of left things with his cousin during their last interaction, that was a hard truth to face. It was a lot of information to face, and I think that may play a role in his relation, his relationship with Issa. Because granted, though they went back into a space of friendship and all of that, the question is, can he be consistently a reliable person for her? He demonstrated it a couple of times, being at the hospital, showing up when she needed, you know, <laughs> even with her taking the dog out or him taking the dog out, it was like y'all being real casual and cavalier Mm. in this moment that required a bit more movement. And I think casual and cavalier. I like that. He's doing a slow step when we need a bit more, a little bit more of a power walk. (laughs) Um, But I do think some of his unresolved spaces are going to come back into play when it comes to Issa and Lawrence. They're definitely going to have some overlap, but I don't think it's going to be, so dramatic that it's going to be a Issa doesn't know if she wants to revisit Lawrence or if Lawrence doesn't make or if her encountering Lawrence makes Nathan seem less of a man less of a partner less of something for her less compatible to her for her gotcha yeah well who knows they be throwing curveballs at us all the time (laughs) all the time and 
I was telling this to somebody else. Like, someone was like, yo, why they, like, ended their thing? It's so good right now. Like, they at their peak. And I'm like, they going out on their own terms as opposed to, like, the network being like, this is y'all last season. Mm -hmm. We canceling y'all or whatever the case is. So, as much as I love this this season to continue on, I do appreciate that they going out on their own terms and they not just forcing things like they not going to, I mean, they did kind of do this little time warp thing where it was like year later, three months later. I like it though, (laughs) but it doesn't feel like they forcing a certain agenda or something to be like a happy peachy ending. So Mm -hmm. we're going to see, but with that being said, we appreciate you. Thanks for coming on here. It's been a good time. Uh, Make sure to check us out we gonna go live at 8 p.m when you hear this follow us on the gram chasing phases podcast follow us on anywhere you get your podcast subscribe the tribe i stole that from nikki yes you're not here but you live in me in my mind so (laughs) we gonna leave it at that but appreciate y'all and we'll hear y'all on the live peace